Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're going to discuss one of the core, deeply rooted problems and solutions to our public school system. Focusing on new research, a new book, an upcoming Ask With Forum on whether urban public schools and ed reform with efforts from charters and teachers unions may be focusing on the wrong problem. Our guest is Richard Bernain, the Thompson Professor of Education at the Harvard Graduate School of Education and co-author of much of this research. Welcome to the EdCast, Dick Murnane. Thank you, Matt. Professor Murnane, over the last five years, your research project has really provided some interesting data on how family income has affected educational equality. Well, the project that Greg Duncan uh, and I have co-chaired has examined how increases in family income inequality, and there has been sub- substantial increase in family income inequality over the last 40 years, how that increase impacts on educational opportunities for children from low-income families. And what we found in, in we meaning uh, the a set of about uh, 40 authors in who contributed 25 papers to a volume that we have just completed editing. Uh, What um, the papers show is that increasing family inequality has led to increasing gaps between educational opportunities for children from low-income families and children from more affluent families. And we see this as deeply problematic because one of the core values of America is that even though a child may grow up poor, he has strong reason to believe his own children will not grow up poor. And the path of of an increased opportunity for the next generation historically has come through increasing educational attainments in the United States. And the patterns that we describe in this volume really place in question the extent to which educational opportunities can provide this uh, path up in mobility today to nearly the extent that it has done in past generations. So is it safe to say that the rich are getting richer and smarter and the poor are getting poorer and less educated? Uh, not The poor are not getting less educated. Uh, the poor are getting a bit more education than they did in the past, but this has not increased nearly as much as the educational attainments of more affluent families have increased. For example, uh, over the last 30 years, the educational attainments of children from the top 20% uh, income families increased by 21 percentage points from 33% up to about 54% in high school graduation rates, while the children at the bottom also increased, but from 5% to 9%. So consequently, the gap in college graduation rates between children from rich and poor families increased markedly over that period. Curious, Professor Marini, how does teacher quality factor into all of this? Well, teacher quality is clearly uh, extremely important, as a great many studies over the last 30 to 40 years have shown. And one of the uh, 
consequences of increasing family income inequality is an increase in segregation of family housing by income or increase in residential segregation. And that has led to an increase in school segregation by income. In other words, children from low-income families are much more likely to be concentrated in schools that serve other low-income children uh, than is the case for more affluent children. That's not a surprise. But that trend has increased over the last 30 years. And one reason that, and that matters for a number of reasons. One reason is that uh, children from low-income families are more likely to be in school with other children uh, who have behavior problems, and that affects the ability of teachers to uh, do a good job in imparting skills. It also makes schools less attractive to high-quality teachers. And one of the most disturbing and pressing problems, educational problems in the United States, is that those uh, children most in need of the nation's best teachers are the least likely to get them. So what would you say to someone who looks at this problem at the core and says, Family income inequality is the price to pay for American capitalism. Is there a response or any suggestion for what can be done, and who is it that should do it? Well, there's lots of work for everyone to do to increase uh, equality of educational opportunity for families, for educators, and for parents, and for communities. Um, in a book that Greg Duncan and I are currently working on that are focusing more on solutions than the currently published volume does, uh, uh, Greg and I are emphasizing several different kinds of policies that have been shown to make an important difference in educational opportunities and life outcomes for children from low-income families. One of these things is improved early childhood education, which clearly, the evidence is quite clear, makes an enormous difference. Ha having poor kids come to school uh, ready to learn, understanding uh, how to work in groups is critical to their future success in school. Uh, also, uh, in, an, in another part of this work, we have looked at uh, at high schools that have really made a difference in children's lives and uh, have found that high schools that work for low-income kids look a bit different than conventional large comprehensive high schools. In fact, they look very different and we'll say more about that in this book to come. Professor Renee, what has been the reaction to this? You know, you make it very clear that your research is not undermining the work done in the ed reform community, but it's addressing the root core issues. How are people responding to your research and your publication? Well, it's a bit early to know exactly what the response will be since the book has only been out for, only been available for about a month. Uh, but I think the initial reactions seem to be that uh, a lot of educators are pleased that uh, uh, the work recognizes the immense difficulty of improving the skills and life chances of children from 
low-income families. We want to be clear that uh, we don't mean to be um, to say the, that schools cannot make a difference. They clearly can, uh, and some do. But nonetheless, we're struck that, and there's evidence in the book showing that the average quality of schooling available to low-income uh, children is a good deal lower on average than that of available to uh, more affluent uh, children. And that's clearly problematic because it means that our schools cannot play this role of leveling the playing field that historically has been very important. Professor Renee, last couple questions. You're an economist by discipline, uh, but you've chosen to apply economics to education and realizing how important that is to have multiple disciplines come in to solving the school problem in America. It's sociologists, it's teachers, it's politicians, the business people. How important is it that multiple disciplines come together to sort of group collectively solve this problem? Well, I think the Problems are extraordinarily complex, and they have, have roots in families, in neighborhoods, in school cultures, in school politics. And the tools of no one particular social science discipline are adequate to understanding these problems or to providing a firm basis on which to base solutions to these problems. Uh, we were uh, feel very fortunate, Greg and I, that the uh, group of eminent scholars that contributed to the papers in the edited volume with their opportunity came from a variety of backgrounds, uh, political science, sociology, psychology, public policy, education, as well as, of course, economics. Uh, and there's also there's a terrific paper, for example, in the volume by two cognitive scientists on the patterns in early brain development, which explains quite eloquently why uh, improving opportunities f for children in the very first years of life are especially important. Curious, Professor Renee, a lot of our viewers are teachers, they're educators, they're not necessarily policy makers. Uh, is there anything in terms of a call to action that you would suggest for people listening to this today can do to help improve the core issues that you talk about? Well, I think something we all can do as citizens is to recognize that uh, Clearly, it's a matter of social justice, but it's also a matter of the future of our country. A substantial percentage of the nation's uh, children are growing up in low-income families. They will be the adults of our future, the uh, taxpayers in the future, the workforce in the future, the, the, and those who vote in the future. Um, consequently, improving education for them is not just a matter of social justice, although that's a critically important reason to intervene. Um, it's also a matter of making investments that uh, will contribute to the nation having an attractive future. To learn more about this or even discuss in person with Professor Renee, there's a few opportunities coming up. There's an Ask With Forum called Rising Inequality schools and children's life chances. It's Tuesday, November 8th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. in Asquith Hall on Appian Way. He also has a book out on this called Wither Opportunity, Rising Inequality, Schools and Children's Life Chances. Professor Renane, thank you so much for contributing to this and for all that you do.
Thank you very much. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.